Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, I was praying last night for encouragement. And uh, I don't do this very often, but occasionally I'll pray, God, please speak to me through your word. And I'll pray and then I'll open the Bible up to a random spot in hopes that God will show me something or give me an encouraging word or or something. And I was praying for encouragement, you know, because it's easy, easy to get down when we're looking at what's going on around the world and what's going on in our own country. And uh, so I was praying for encouragement to encourage all of you. And I, you know, I really stand by what I've said the last couple of weeks. I believe that things will get better. Um, I believe that the sun will rise again and that its light and its warmth will hit our skin once more and that peace and joy will return. Right now we're in a you know, a trial, a trial that's testing faith. Um, you know, many people are scared because of the unknown. You know, it's not that uh, you're without food or you don't have a roof over your head or clothes on your back currently as of today, but many people are scared of what this means for the future and would the world ever be the same again? And so we need to, to be encouraged. These times have happened before. You know, talk to talk to family members or or talk to people who had grandparents who lived during the time of World War Two and things of this nature and hear the stories. It, it will it will not last forever. So we need to be encouraged and we need to remember what our response is as the people of God. Again, it's to walk in faith, it's to be a light on a hilltop, a salt to the earth, is to use this opportunity to bring peace to those who are afraid and show them Jesus, show them the Messiah, point them in that direction. It also may be possible that he will appear in the sky and that this is to peel the world away from his people. You have no choice but to go into thy chambers and hide thyself for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. God is going to use this to do something great. And I don't know about you, but whatever God is using this to do, whatever incredible thing God has planned that's going to bring glory to his name and to his people. I want to be a part of it. So as I was praying last night for the Lord to show me something to, to encourage me in some way, and I opened up my Bible and I opened up the second Kings. And it's the story of Hezekiah, the King Hezekiah, who was righteous in the sight of the Lord. And he gets some bad news. The King of Assyria is coming trouble is on the way. And so we read chapter 18, which I'm going to read to you in a minute, kind of lays that out. And then chapter 19 is King Hezekiah's response. And then very encouraging words from the Lord. 
And while this isn't the same circumstance that we're facing now, it's about the posture. It's about the attitude. And so I want to read this story to you today. So, if you have a Bible and you're sitting at home, turn to 2 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read from the King James Bible, of course. And may you be encouraged and listen to the story. Listen to the story. Again, chapter 18 is, a, is the setup for what's happening. In chapter 19 is King Hezekiah's response and how he, instead of cowering in fear, he runs into the temple. He goes before, he goes into the house of God and gets on his face. May that be our attitude. Every day I'm getting on my knees, asking God, please, remember your people. Remember all those who call upon your name. Have mercy on us. Bring peace and joy back to the nations. Cause a great revival to happen as a result of this. Let's begin. 2 Kings chapter 18, King James Bible. Verse 1. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshi, a son of Ella, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ashag, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abi the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed high places and brake the images and cut down groves. And he brake in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it. And he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. He clave to the Lord, and he departed not from following him, and he kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithsoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and served him not. I want to stop there and just look at this description of Hezekiah. It says that he uh, he was he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, to the point where he was cutting down high places, and it says he even destroyed the serpent that was uh, that Moses had made because the children of Israel were instead of worshiping God, raising that thing up and burning incense to that. It says that he trusted the God of Israel. In verse 6 it says, For he clave. He clave. I like that. It means to cling. He clave to the Lord and departed not from following him in his commandments. And as a result, the Lord was with him and prospered wherever he went. Verse 8. Oh, and in verse 7 it says that, But he did not. So he, so he clave to the Lord and did as the Lord said which in return 
means that he was rebelling against the king of Assyria. He was kind of ruling over the world at this point. Verse 8. He smote the Philistines even unto Gaza and the borders thereof from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. And it came to pass in the fourth year of the king of Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshi, a son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. So we have to remember this is, this, it looks like this is the point in history where Israel and Judah are separate, right? You have Israel and then you have Judah. So Hezekiah is the king of Judah, okay? Not the king of Israel at this point. It's been kind of split. Verse 10. And in the end of three years they took it, even in the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is, the ninth year of Hoshea, a king of Israel, Samaria was taken. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel into Assyria and put them in Hala and in a harbor by the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded and would not hear them nor do them now in the fourteenth year of the king of Hezekiah did Sanach Arib king of Assyria come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. Alright, so here's the situation. Samaria has been overtaken. Even Israel has been carried off. And now they're taking over the cities uh, that are the the fenced cities of Judah, so the surrounding cities. So the situation is bleak, right? I mean, the situation couldn't look worse. Every day it was growing worse. First it was Samaria, then all of Israel. Now they're at this, you know, the cities surrounding Judah and taking them over. It would appear there's no hope. Who knows how long this lingered on, how long the fear was building within Judah. Verse 14, And Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended Return from me that which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah king of Judah three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. And at that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors in the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah king of Judah had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. So Hezekiah is trying to make a deal with the king of Assyria to, to leave him and leave his people alone. And so now he's being basically pillaged or blackmailed. You know, give me, give me the gold and the silver. So that's what he's doing here. Verse 17. And the king, king of Syria, Assyria sent Tartan and Rabasiris and Rabshakeh from Lachish, the king of Hezekiah, with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and they came to Jerusalem. And they went, when they were come up, they came and they stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Elikim, the son of Helekiah, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria. What confidence is 
this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are but in vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust, that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is fair the king of Egypt unto all that trust on him. But if you say unto me, We trust in the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah taken away, and hath said to Judah and Jerusalem, Ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore I pray thee, Give pledges to my lord the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of the captain of the least of my master's servants, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Am I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said unto me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then said Alikim, the son of Halikah, and Shibna, and Joah, unto Rabshakah, Speak, I pray thee, to thy servant in the Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rab Shikah said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master, and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rab Shikah stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language, and spake, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and the city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. You know, this just came to my mind. I was watching a video of someone who's a uh, he's he's a Jew, but he often speaks to Christians and on Christian shows. And he's interviewing his sister, who's and uh, who's also Jewish, and she's telling you know. I, I can't remember if she if she was just telling him he needs to come back home to Israel or or everything. But what jumped out to me is she said, "We cannot depend on God with it, with this. We have to take these measures into our own hands." And I just thought, "Wow, what what kind of faith is that? I mean, I don't know what kind of faith that is, but I don't want to be a part of it. Where we would say to ourselves, we can't depend on God. We have to just do our own thing." I mean, that sounds like the worst advice I've ever heard. And here it's being said, don't let Hezekiah cause you to trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hands of the king of the Assyria. They're saying, look, look at the situation. Look how bleak it is. There's no way that you can be delivered from this situation at this point. Now you just need to minimize your damage, right? Don't let Hezekiah convince you that the Lord's going to deliver you and save you. Verse 31. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, 
and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his own fig tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his cistern, until I come to take you away to a land like your land, a land of corn and wine, and a land of bread and vineyards, and a land of olive oil, and of honey, that you may live and not die, and hearken not unto Hezekiah, when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? So he's asking the question. So don't trust in Hezekiah saying that the Lord's going to deliver us, that Jehovah's going to deliver us. I mean, look at all the other lands that Assyria has overtaken. Did their God save them? You know, that's, that's the question being asked. The answer, of course, is no. Where are the gods of Hamath and Erpod when are their gods of Shepherim, Hina and Iva? Have they delivered Samaria out of the out of my hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of my hand? And the Lord shall deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, Answer him not. Then came Alakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shibna a scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and told him the words of Rab Shikeh. So now the people have come to Hezekiah, and they're like, look, this is going to happen. We need to make an agreement. None of the other gods have, have, have saved the other nations. Look at what's happened to, you know, Samaria. And now we're going to see how Hezekiah responds and how God responds. And this is the part that I think is important and that should be an encouragement to us. It's an impossible situation. It looks like there's no end in sight. It looks like there's no possibility for hope. But the way things look are not necessarily the way things are. Because with God, all things are possible. And all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. We have to keep those. You know, these are the times when you have to keep the sayings of God in your heart. And you dwell on the things of above. And you do not, you do not let the natural world decide what is really true. Because there's a spiritual battle going on. And I believe that God's people are going to come out on top. Let's read chapter 19. It's not as long as the one we just read. Actually, it is. It's about the same, but it's a little more exciting because it's a conversation that God is having with Hezekiah. So let's take a look at that real quick. Chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and he covered himself with sackcloth and he went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Elakim, which was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priest, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words, of Rab Shekah, whom the king of Assyria, his master, has sent to reproach the living God. 
and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. He's saying, it's very possible that God has heard this mockery. And so we need to pray. And so let's all pray. Lift up the prayers for the remnant, for the small amount of God's people that are left. Verse 6. Verse 5. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, in which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. So Rab Shakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed from Lachish. And when he heard say of Tirha, king of Ethiopia, Behold, he is come out to fight against thee, he sent messengers against Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands by destroying them utterly, and shall thou be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the children of Eden, which were in Thelassar? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Aprid and the king of the city of Sepharvaim and Hina and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thy ear and hear. Open, Lord, thy eyes and see and hear the words of Sin, Nach, and Ereb, which has sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the king of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire and they were no gods but the work of men's hands wood and stone therefore they have destroyed them now therefore O Lord our God I beseech thee save thou us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art Lord God even thou only then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, the king of Israel, or the king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word the Lord hath spoken concerning him. The virgins, the virgin, the daughters of Zion, hath despised thee and had laughed thee to scorn. The daughters of Jerusalem have shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thy own eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel? By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord and hast said, With the multitude of my chariots I come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and I will cut down at the tall cedars thereof, and the choice for trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodging of its borders and into the forest of his 
Carmel. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers and besieged places. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it? Now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be laid to waste fenced cities into ruinous heaps. Therefore, their, inherit, their inhabitants were of small power. They were dismayed and confounded, and they were as grass of the field, and as green herb, and as grass of the housetop, and as corn blasted before it to grow up. But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me, because thy rage against me and thy tumult, it is come up unto mine ears. Therefore I will put my hook in thy nose, and my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which thou camest. And this shall be a sign unto thee, you shall eat this year such things as grow themselves, and in the second year which springeth up the same, and in the third year sow you and reap and plant vineyards and eat fruits thereof. And the remnant, remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant that they escape out of Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Therefore saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into the city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of Assyrians in a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. When they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt in Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adram, Melech, and Shezra's son smote him with the sword, and he escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esarhad, Don his sons, reigned in his stead. And that is the end of that story. There's more about Hezekiah that you can read on if you want to continue reading. But it looked bleak. It looked impossible. But Hezekiah believed and refused not to believe, even when he was surrounded, even when everyone around him had been defeated and all that was left was his small remnant. But he went to the house of the Lord and he called his people to pray and he humbled himself. And God answered. God answered in a miraculous way that made it very clear that he is the one true God. I believe that God can do that with even this situation that we're dealing with right now. That he can bring great revival, that he can make his name known through all the world. This is not just a crisis in America. This is, what, 200 countries? How many countries are on lockdown? How many of the sound of my voice are being told by the government you're not allowed to go anywhere? This will end. 
and it would end a lot sooner, I believe, if people would just get on their face before God and seek His face and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And God will hear from heaven and He will forgive us and He will hear our land, heal our land and He will have mercy on us and the sun will rise again. Be of good cheer. Do not despair. Do not allow yourself to dwell on despair. But think on things above. Passover is coming soon which is the greatest picture of God's mercy towards his people. We'll talk about it more as it comes, as it gets closer. I think that's all I've got for you guys. I want to say thank you to those of you who've been supporting the podcast through Patreon or through PayPal. This podcast literally cannot happen without your support, and so I'm very humbled and I appreciate it more than you could know. It means the world to me, and I'm very, very grateful and very, very thankful. And doing this podcast and studying God's Word and sharing it with all of you is, is a great privilege. It's a great privilege, and I'm honored to do it. The End Times 30-Day Devotional is now live on Amazon, both in paperback and ebook format. And uh, so you can check that out if you desire to. I think it'd be a great blessing to you. 30 days of uh, devotionals helping you to focus each day on Messiah as well as kind of talking about some of the things uh, that we expect to see happening in the world. And some of it is very, very timely. I'll put it that way. And to the couple of you that went into Amazon and left a five-star rating and and a nice comment, I'm very, very grateful for you. Thank you for taking five minutes to do that because that's uh, that's huge uh, in the long run so alright I feel like I've rambled on long enough today I pray you've been blessed in the powerful name of Jesus and until next time peace and grace be with all of you God bless <laughs>